Welcome to the Blanchard Leader Chat Podcast. Hi, this is Ken Blanchard. We need a new leadership model in business today, one that values both people and results, where leaders see their role as serving instead of being served. In this podcast, my friend and colleague, Chad Gordon, interviews experts who help us explore different aspects of leadership. I know you'll be encouraged and inspired by what you hear and you'll walk away with ideas and insights that will help you be the type of leaders others want to follow. Ready to get started? I'll be back at the end of the interview where I'll share what I've learned and how I'll be putting it into action. Now enjoy this installment of the Blanchard Leader Chat Podcast. Victoria Labam, welcome to the Blanchard Leader Chat Podcast. Thanks for joining us today. Oh, I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Your latest book, Risk Forward, Embrace the Unknown and Unlock Your Hidden Genius. I, I love that premise. I, do you think everyone has a hidden genius inside them? I completely do. I absolutely do. And most of the time we have it covered up with different types of elements. And this book is all about unleashing that and getting out of your own way so that you can express the full extent of who you are. You, you talk about a lot of different ways people can kind of choose their adventure. The way this book is, is, is written, you really go after what you need. What do you feel like is, is one of the biggest hindrances in people being able to, to really find the greatness within and, and really um, become a better version of what they want to be? Yeah, great question. Well, the subtitle that you read, uh, Embrace the Unknown, is really where it begins. Because for for many of us, and this is why I wrote the book, there is a, a judgment about not knowing. We think, oh, we're wrong if we're in a period of uncertainty. We're wrong if we don't know the next step. We're wrong if we're in a phase of indecisiveness. And this book makes the argument that actually those are periods that are fertile and full of promise. And what keeps us, in my opinion, having worked with C-suites and top leaders and managers around the world, entrepreneurs running multi-million dollar brands, is people avoid that period as quickly as they can. They try to get out of it. And in so doing, they grasp for the most convenient way out. Instead of having this courage to stay in that and look for a better idea. We talked a little bit. The first part part is really about embracing that. When you are in a phase of not knowing, to see it as a positive, not to stay in it forever, but to say, how can I use this to my advantage? Yeah, so you you, you talked about kind of the first part, but but before we dive into the different parts, the the book, I really appreciated how, because I see a lot of of different books getting to do the Leader Chat podcast, and, and there's a lot of different, very similar layouts in the way the books are written. And I love that you're just very honest. Go to where you need, go to the part that speaks to you. And so without going too far into that, and we're going to kind of dive into the different topics. Why did you choose that approach? Because obviously the way I look at it, you're basically saying it's not one size fit all on your way to greatness. Absolutely. And I feel that there are a lot of formulas out there that force people to fit into a mold. And this book is all about doing it in your own way. So the style of the book had to represent the theme of the book. And as you said, it's a choose your own adventure. There are two ways to read the book. You can either read front to back, which some people will choose to do, or you can go around and hop in and out at different sections. So it's really a guidebook that you can return to again and again to prompt yourself to think differently. And that was the ethos of it. I love How that. do we make people feel good as they go through it and not feel worse because they, oh, I turned the page before I finished the exercise. You know, that's however you want to do it is fine. 
you, you touched a little bit on one of the first parts. You talked about the fog, and I, I think about the things that, that, that paralyzes me on the thing when I want to do more or I want to um, take additional steps. And I, and I may be alone here, but, you know, I, I wouldn't say that, you know, the last 11 months of COVID did I come out, you know, the best version of myself. We've always said if we had more time, the things we would do. And a bit of a tangent there, but just to say embracing the fog and the unknowns, um, how do you – how do you prompt people? How do you get people to just be able to move forward through the uncertainty and, and take these steps to better themselves? Yeah, it's great. Well, the first part is, as you said, it's embracing the fog. So that's really step one is not grasping, as I mentioned earlier. And the next phase is a series of questions that I ask in the book that help people reconnect with their inner current, their through line. What is driving them through their business or their life? And there are various ways to come at that. Uh, there's a lot of pressure these days, you know, find my purpose or find my why. And this comes at it actually from a much uh, more uh, free angle because there, there are different ways. Home, all roads lead to Rome. And these are different ways to right. do that. So it's about asking yourself certain questions to realign yourself with where you want to go, whether you're leading a team or whether you're leading your family or whether you're leading yourself. And as you do that, as you focus kind of on on this journey, um, it really does begin um, with yourself. It really does begin with, with that, that understanding that you want to make this decision. So how do you get people to, to step forward and, and, and step into this journey um, when they may, may not uh, feel like they're ready to do that? Yeah. Well, it has to come from within. You know, there's a lot of pressure outside to set goals and be clear. And sometimes we are prompted into action <laughs> for the wrong reasons. So the first part also is recognizing that a lot of people out there are scared. You know, and part of why I wrote the book is I would go around to these big conferences and events and everyone would talk about goals and clarity and decisiveness. And then privately, I'd have these top level people whisper to me that they were unsure. And so one of the things I tell people, you know, at top positions is everyone out there is figuring it out. Like there, there's a lot of bluffing out there that people have that you know ethos of clarity, but it's really beneath that is often they're doing the best they can. And so once we recognize that, we don't think that everyone else must have it figured out. Everyone else must have a formula and a plan. It frees us up to trust ourselves. So many people wait for the perfect opportunity, right? They, they Because it's not plotted out. And so a lot of people never take that chance because yeah. they're they're not sure – how the path is going to go. They're not sure what the path is. A lot of people can go from step A to step B to step C if it's laid out for them. But you share, again, risk forward. You're about, it's about risk. You've got to actually kind of step off into, a, in, into the fog uh, before you really know where you're going. Exactly. And often it's that first step that reveals the next. So some of the most celebrated companies and creative endeavors didn't start with a detailed map or a five-year goal. They started with an idea. And the person followed that and they figured it out as they went. And it's in that stepping forward that we see the next phase that we have to travel through. So it's, it's having the courage to do that and the recognition that it might not be exactly the right direction, but it will reveal more. And so when I've worked with teams like that, we, we have a phrase that's in the book that's super helpful, something that I teach, and it's called, trust the idea that will lead to the idea. So when I'm brainstorming with a company or a team, I'll say, look, if you're not sure of your idea, you can simply just throw it out and say, all right, this could be wrong, could be a bad idea, but it could be the idea that leads to the idea. And what that does is immediately it diffuses potential judgment. It makes people feel free to share an idea. It prompts other people hearing and listening to say, oh, we can't do that, but your idea made me think of something else. Creativity is such an important part. Uh, you see some different metrics out there in terms of, of studies talking about 
um, the best leaders are the ones that are always kind of thinking ahead and and uh, and thinking out of the box. You know, where do you kind of define creativity upon this this along this path, and and how can it help you excel? Yeah, well, I like to think of all people as being creative, and there's a real judgment in in certain pockets of business where people think of themselves as not being creative, but the best leaders have that ability to think in all kinds of ways. And, you know, artists judge executives and executives just artists, judge artists. And I've tried to really blur those lines. Creativity, first off, as I say in the book, doesn't happen in a line. It happens out of order. And once we free ourselves to create out of order and brainstorm in different ways, uh, amazing hidden genius elements will emerge. There's a whole exercise in the book that I share around working with colored index cards. It's a strategy I've developed and, and, and honed. And I gave one piece of it here which is really to, to brainstorm out with physical cards because there's something that happens when we're off of our computer yeah. and collaborating, whether with one other person or a few people in a room uh, and moving pieces around, literally physical pieces of paper and, and something magic happens in that process. So as you were going through this book, what is, you know, what is one thing that you've embraced that has changed the way you approach your day-to-day? What, is, what was one of the biggest learnings, one of the ahas for you? In writing the book? And what was your takeaway? When you learned, you, you put everything into paper, you know, for us all to follow, but how have you changed your approach to, to your day-to-day? Uh, that is a great question. I think it, it, I'm tempted to answer this on a few levels. One is just, uh, <laughs> it sounds sort of meta, but I've been very profoundly moved by the response people have had to this book. Mm. And that has helped me to recognize the value of exactly what I share, which is writing this book for, for me was a risk forward. A lot of people said, oh, it doesn't seem like a business book. Oh, it seems like it goes off track. And then I'm finding that business people are loving this book. And it was scary to put it out there because it, it came from my heart. It came from my soul. It fe- felt like something that needed to be said. I didn't know where it would lead. I did it because it felt like the right next step. And what's happening as a result is beyond what I could have imagined. And that's part of the message of the book. Sometimes we take a step forward. We're not even sure exactly where it's going to lead. And the response is beyond what we could have imagined. And so this book itself has taught me the value of the book. We're talking with Victoria Labam, author of Risk Forward. And you you talk about honoring your instincts, the intuition. What What is the you know, that inner voice, how does that help drive people towards success? Yeah. Well, in each of us, as I say in the book, is this inner line of wisdom. I call it an inner current. And we so often ignore that. And, you know, it seems counterintuitive, but some of the top executives and managers I've worked with have in the end said part of what they make their decisions on is that gut. You get to a point where you have enough information, you have a very big toolbox, and sometimes you can't explain a decision, but you know it's the right one. And that's following that inner current. You talk about indecision in that respect as well. And I think about that, the times I want to follow my gut, the, fo- the times I want to follow my instincts and move forward. But then that other voice, that, that voice on your left shoulder is, is giving you doubt and, and, and telling you maybe to punt. How do, you, how do you deal with that? How do you deal with the negative self-talk when you're trying to follow your instincts and, and, you, you, know, and you want to kind of trust the process? Yeah. Well, one of the things I say is that indecision is is not necessarily bad, right? That's what we're looking at. So it's a little bit like embracing the fog. First, recognize that when you're indecisive, not a bad thing. You want to look at what the wisdom is that's hiding within that. What is causing that indecision? So for you, if you're having that sense of you want to go in a certain direction, but you're back and forth and you're not sure you can trust it, 
one thing you can very simply do, and there's a series of questions I ask on that page around indecision, but you know, why might this not be right? If someone's pulling you in a certain direction, it's like, why might this not be right? Because often what we do to ourselves is we think I'm, I'm, you know, being silly. I'm, I shouldn't be waffling. I, you know, maybe I just need to get over myself instead of saying, no, wait, why, why might that not be right? You know, there's a lot of pressure to go down path X, but let's make the case for why it could be not right and vice versa. And it's not about two lists necessarily, but sometimes we just don't give ourselves the opportunity to bolster our own intuition and spirit and recognize, oh no, there is a reason for this. So just because you say honor your instincts, just because you say, you know, just to, 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 to really act on, on because it, there's so much research out there saying that the people that, that are able to make those decisions in the moment, those people are going to be more successful um, in the long run. Um, how do you also give an opportunity to be collaborative and to have other voices and have guidance and, and have, you know, have other people um, help uh, shape kind of the direction? Yeah. Well, one of the things I've learned having spoken with a lot of leaders and part of my research around this is that on the surface, it looks like a leader is decisive at times, but really if you dig a little deeper, you find they've done a lot of thinking already. So when they finally speak up, it might look like they're decisive, but there's been a lot of pedaling underneath the water to get to that place. And that's part of the collaborative process. It's like listening to people's opinions, listening to people's ideas, so that then you can make the best judgment. And often leaders think that by asking for input, it makes them look weak, but it's actually the opposite. As long as they make the final call, asking for input and advice and opinions and information shows strength. It shows that you are open to hearing it all, and then you will make the final call. But the weaker leader says, I don't want to hear anyone's opinion. I'm just going to make my own choice. And, you know, you can make a mistake. For example, when I was working on the book, a lot of other authors said, oh, I never show my book to anyone. because." And I was the opposite. I showed it early on to a bunch of people. And then some of the feedback I took, some of it I didn't. I made the final call. But it got better because I had some comments from people that really helped me rethink certain angles or rethink certain examples. And that's invaluable. There's so much uh, about finding your greatness and, and kind of reaching, you know, the furthest you can reach. The, the grit has to come into play so much where you just, you have that ability to dust yourself off and move forward and, and have that stick to it um, And you, 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 you dive into that about staying on course and what are the challenges about staying on course? What, what sort of tips would you share with people that, that uh, can sometimes get discouraged and, and don't follow through on, on, uh, on their big dreams? Yeah, well, one of them is just simply the what we call the compare and despair mentality, where you're looking around and you think, I must be doing it wrong, or I'm behind, or I should have started sooner, or I don't have what it takes. And that, that comes simply from looking around and seeing other people, and we're looking at only a piece of what they're showing us, you know, what you see on camera or what you see on someone's report or what you see on someone's, you know, spreadsheet is not always the full truth. And so we tend to judge what we can see without recognizing what's behind that. So part of it is realizing that it is, it takes that work. I was on a, a having a conversation with someone the other day about this period of COVID and they said, oh, you've been so productive and, you know, you've, you've made this incredible book. And I said, here's what people don't see is, you know, that's a lot of Saturday nights of me with my glasses and my scrunchie in my hair, you know, <laughs> it's not glamorous. And you might see me on a Facebook Live and stuff, but there's a lot of work that goes behind it. And when we're working hard, it's not wrong. You know, it just, it's just what it takes. And so that's the part of anything where social media can really screw people up. And I try to be super transparent about that and tell people, and it takes the work. 
and it takes the stick to it is. Um, so there are two clocks, for example, in the book under the chapter called Mindset. And by the way, as you've seen, Chad, you know, the chapters are short. Some chapters are half yep. a page. Yep. Yep. Some are just two pages. You can move through the book really quickly. The whole book can be read in 90 minutes. It's swift. It's fun. It's visually stimulating. Every page is different. Each chapter is unique unto itself. You never know what's in there. So it's really fun to look at. And there's a spread in two pages where we have the clock of angst and the clock of calm. And mm. I won't give those away, but just the visuals of seeing how we can kind of look at our time one way or another is a profound uh, shift in mentality. Yeah, this is this is a, 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 a will be very popular with Ken when he gets his hand on the book because he's always thought it. it you know, he's he always wanted to write books that was made for the business traveler. You could pick it up at the in the bookstore in the airport, and by the time you're at your destination, you've you've gotten all the nuggets you've read through. That's it. That's exactly and, right. And yeah. Is, what we're finding too is it, it's it's great for people like I have a, a few people who said I want to give this to my niece who's just graduated from college. I have an 81 year old very famous comedian who wrote me, and he said this is exactly what I need right now. We've had uh, an amazing quote from this former CMO of Coke saying, you know, this should be the, the guidebook for your career. So it seems to be resonating across generations. It's really for anyone who's in that phase of not knowing when the path, the plan, or the project's not yet clear. And whether you want to read it on a plane <laughs> when we get back to flying yeah. or whether you want to read it by your bedside, you know, it's all good. You, so you talk about the not knowing, and, and that's one that really resonated with me, I think, because just of a couple projects that, that are either in a state of pause or I just have decided to jump in the water just yet. So how do you deal if you're advising a leader or somebody that, that – uh, that uh, fear is holding them back. You know, they're not, they're just not able to, to move forward. Maybe just that fear of failure. Yeah. Well, you know, we won't know unless we take a step forward, but part of what I make the argument for is, you know, that what, what is, what is holding you back actually, you know, and is it, you know, what exactly is it? And if we can kind of start to name that fear on some level, uh, articulate it, identify it, because sometimes it's just some vague concept that's really inaccurate. Sometimes we need more information. Sometimes we need support. We need to find out who can help, who can help move this project forward. We have some bonus chapters that did not get in the book because we wanted to keep it slim. But one of those bonus chapters, and by the way, that we have a resources link in the book so people can go download those bonus chapters for free. One of those is something called, you know, uh, under what circumstances do you do your best work? And the title of that chapter, Circumstances, because often we don't set ourselves up for success. So under what circumstances would you as a leader who's afraid to move forward be able to move forward? Do you need a team around you? Do you need you know, more information? Do you need more quiet time? Do you need more collaboration? What exactly will help you? And it's different for everyone. But we all know in our lives what it takes for us to be able to move forward. And if we can identify that and not give ourselves a hard time for that and not judge it, you know, we'll do better. So some people are like, I won't do X, Y, and Z unless I have someone holding me accountable. Or I won't do X, Y, and Z unless I can talk to these three people. Whatever that is, set yourself up for success. It's such a, it's, I think it's just such a grand idea. You know, just the idea that, that inside of all of us, there's this hidden genius. Because I think we all want to be exceptional, right? I don't think anybody sets out every day um, and wants to fail. And and you you talk about legacy. You talk about um, you know, looking back and, and what is your life's work? And, and I think you, you want your, you want your readers, you want the listeners of this podcast, you want people to, to reach for the far, uh, the stars and, and to, to, to catch them. And so, you know, what, that's such a grand idea. Have you always kind of come from that mindset of that anything is possible if you put your mind to it? Well, yes and no. I mean, part of what I want to alleviate people from is too much pressure to that 
to that, you know, point of like, go for it and go for your dreams. I, I'm trying to take people off that hook because there's, there's so much pressure to reach your potential and go for it. And actually in my research shuts people down because they feel like they'll never make it. What the book does is it has one client who read it said, he said, I feel like I took a seatbelt off after 25 years. You know, this whole pressure, pressure, go for it. Be great. Be great. It is exhausting. And then we can't really operate from the inside out because we're trying to prove ourselves or show off or do something to show that we have merit. And part of the section on legacy, which I won't reveal entirely because it's such a surprise and an experience as you go through the book, but part of what happens there is we never know which parts of what we're doing will be the one that leaves the legacy. You know, so you don't know. It could be the smallest thing that you do that creates the biggest impact. We don't know. And so what we can do is follow what lights us up and speak our truth and stand for what is right. And the rest is beyond our control because legacy has no size. Someone could have built a huge company or have a million followers or done something that looks grand on the surface, but you yourself, you may have a bigger quote impact in the world without even realizing it because you never know where an action of yours will lead. So that takes the pressure off. And that is a big part of what I want to do is to give people permission to go forward and not have to prove themselves or fulfill their potential. Their hidden genius is coming out all the time. And it's a matter of getting out of our own way. I love that. I love that. Well, we're just about out of time. And I, I want to pose this question. I posed it at the end of, of, of every of, uh, one of our Leader Chat podcasts. If there was just one thing that you want our listeners to take away from our conversation today, take away from your work and your research in this book, this fabulous book, Risk Forward, what would you like that to be? Trust your own ideas. You want to expand on that anymore? Oh, okay. I thought it was like a sentence. No, no. You want to ask that question again? No, go for it. Just, just what, what would you say when you say trust your own ideas? How would they take that into action? How would they mechanize that? They would mechanize that by um, speaking up at a meeting, even if they use the phrase, trust the idea that can lead to the idea. Like, here's an idea. I'm not sure it's good. Uh, they would do it by trusting the wisps that come across their mind. There's a reason an idea lands for you and not someone else. It comes into your mind for a reason. It's a gift, uh, and they're gifts to be given. It would mean uh, finding someone who you trust enough to say, hey, I have this idea, and not necessarily your spouse or your business partner who might poo-poo it, but someone who tends to see the greatness within you and know that even if it looks a little peculiar on the surface, that idea has potential to grow and become something quite extraordinary. So it's really about setting yourself up so that you can move forward an idea, to listen to it, to share it, to follow it, and to see where it takes you. I love that. If people want to... To, to dig deeper into, into your world, into your research, and, uh, into, and, and the great things that you're doing, where would you send them? Yeah, I would go to riskforward.com forward slash book. Riskforward.com forward slash book. Victoria Labam, thank you so much for joining us on, on this episode of the Blanchard Leader Chat. Uh, my pleasure. Thank you, Chad. And thank you for joining us for today's podcast. If you enjoyed this interview and like to learn more and also help us grow the audience, please subscribe to the Leader Chat podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play, or wherever you're listening. And please share this with your friends. The best way you can help us grow, though, is feedback. As Ken Blanchard says, feedback is the breakfast of champions. So please write us a review if you haven't already. 
And by the way, this podcast is sponsored by the Ken Blanchard Companies. If you'd like to learn more, there's even a lot of free resources to better yourself and your organization. Go to KenBlanchard.com. You'll find all kinds of free tools and materials to help you and others grow. Thanks again to our guests for joining us today. For now, I have the pleasure of turning it over to Ken Blanchard for his thoughts on what we discussed. Here it is, your final minute with Ken Blanchard. Thanks, Chad, for interviewing Victoria and her wonderful book, Risk Forward. I was fascinated that she said the biggest hindrance to finding greatness in yourself and your organization is the unknown. She said we need to embrace uh, the unknown. Uh, and, and take a chance. Go on out there. That's where your best might show up. And I'll forever forget my own life. When I was in graduate school, my professor said I couldn't write, so that if I wanted to be at a university, I should be an administrator. Uh, so my first job was I went to Ohio University as administrator, and that's where I met Paul Hersey. And Paul said to me, Kim, would you write a textbook with me, Management of Organizational Behavior? Me write a book? And I thought, wow, why not? Let's do it. And we did. And I think it's in its 10th edition now. Today sells more than it did back then. So really, don't let somebody else tell you what you can do and can't do. Take a risk. Move forward. I just think it's fabulous. Thanks, Chad. Thanks, Victoria. Don't, don't, don't let other people tell you what you can't do. Embrace the unknown. It might be where your greatness is. Mm -hmm. 